0: A cup of ambition, young trying to come to life. like on to make
1: Welcome to the Bocha Podcast at the intersection of Brown Pride and Assimilation. I'm Kat, I'm Charlene. <laughs> and Charlene, this is our June Weedy Weedy. For the Butcher Podcast. And before we get to that, just want to do a quick mm. (sighs) check-in. Yes, Mm. the Supreme Court. There's six on there that I am not happy with. Three that I'm, you know, they're okay. Yeah, I like them. But that's where we're at. We don't have any more Miranda rights. Within 100 miles of the border, um, we can have our houses searched and seized without any, you know, recourse. Uh, Row is no longer a
0: thing anymore. Uh, Welcome to the fuck-around times. We're (laughs) about to find out. (laughs) That's where we're at. It feels
1: like the twilight zone. Like we're just stepping backwards and backwards and backwards.
0: I'm wearing my descent earrings. Mm -hmm. um, I saw those. In solidarity with Sotomayor
1: today. I'm throwing my descent middle finger (laughs) (laughs) because that's where I'm at.
0: (laughs) it feels surreal and i you know i i recognize that because of work and because of a lot of other things i pay attention to maybe too much of this worldly news um supreme court news the decisions because it is traumatizing in this moment of life indeed
1: I, I had to take a few moments. Like the, the day that the decision came down, I was in work mode. I had my blinders on. I even saw my counselor that morning and I was like, I'm okay. It's going to be fine. We knew this was coming. And then the next day I was a mm-hmm. horrible, hot mess mm-hmm. on the couch crying because I thought I failed protecting my kids.
0: Well, when the, the leaked draft decision came out, I was like hardcore.
1: Right. I, I like, remember that. No,
0: we knew this was coming. We are, we're ready, we're solid, we've got this, F them, and then the actual decision came down, and I was having to take breaks off camera on work that Friday to cry. Yeah, that's just where we're at.
1: Yeah. So we just wanted to acknowledge that before we went into our Weedy Weedy, but um, at at, at the top of the Weedy Weedy show, or the intro, we did play Dolly Parton's 9 to 5, but... Charlene, I was literally today years old when I found out that Dolly Parton did kind of a part two.
0: Yeah, talk about that. Well, first of all, all hail Dolly.
1: Right. Yes, absolutely.
0: Amazing. Amazing human, amazing artist, amazing boobs. Entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all of it. All of it. Um, but I was today years old when I found out that she did a part deux of that song. Mm. 5 to 9. Mm-hmm. All about the side hustle. And I do understand that it was um, used in part as an ad for an online card credit card processor <laughs> but she's totally spot on about that and so the 5 to 9 is the side hustle and that's what we're doing our weedy weedy on today. I found out about that from one of my daughters. Like Really? I had no idea and she's like no seriously, she did a song 5 to 9. And I was gobsmacked that she knew before I did. I was like, well, holy shit. This is when I know I'm old, is when the kid has to tell me about...
0: A Dolly Parton A Dolly Parton song (laughs) that
1: all things considered, like Dolly's even before our time, right? Love it. So, yes. So she did a song all about the side hustle.
0: So the five to nine, right? Like, when you get off your job from the after hours to the wee hours of the morning, when you go back to your real job, Mm -hmm. you're on the hustle. Yes. And what does that mean, Ken?
1: So we'll start with hustle, because hustle is something that our communities know about. And we've talked a little bit about work ethic. We've talked a little about this, that, or the next. If this garage is haunted, I'm spending the night to just check in on that. Um, So (laughs)
0: so. alone and hot. I was going to say alone and cold, but it's hotter than hell. (laughs) So the hustle is something that our communities are pretty
1: familiar with. We've talked about our work ethic before. And so a hustle is basically that. Having that motivation, that go-getter attitude. The side hustle is you have a full-time job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you've got something on the side that you do 5 to 9 p.m. Maybe it's 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. before you go in True. for your other yeah. job. But it's it's another side activity that you do. And could be... You know, in looking at all the things that create a side hustle, it could be either to gain extra money Mm -hmm. or it could be to launch something that is your passion. So, you know, I'm working nine to five at the local library, being a librarian. But on on five to nine p.m., I'm trying to launch my own business uh, doing fashion work and creating my own line of clothes or whatever that might be. Um, And we've we've heard about these kinds of side hustles like from teachers because they don't get paid enough, right? So they're doing a side hustle, working as a server, doing Uber or Lyft or those kinds of you know consumer jobs that you can just do on the side to get a little extra cash.
0: Absolutely, I know so many teacher friends who had a second and a third job. And now, just very recently, our own local public school system went to a balanced calendar, which cut the summer Drastically. drastically. So a lot of folks that had these extra jobs were like, I count on that extra, you know, X thousands of dollars to bring up my yearly salary. And now I'm getting that cut while not making more money as a teacher. So that's going to put my family in not the best place. What do I do? Uh, So that makes me really sad. The other piece is that COVID forced A lot of people to pursue a side hustle and Mm -hmm. and maybe that even became their main hustle because they no longer had a main job they were laid off they couldn't go to their regular job because it wasn't a thing anymore lots of folks or they just found themselves unemployed and like what am I gonna do what are my skills what are my what is something that I'm really good at that I can now profit from because I don't have a choice to just keep going to that job, whether I liked it or not. I don't even have a choice to keep going to that job anymore.
1: Right, and we've, we've always known these side hustles, right, in our communities. So side hustles, aside from the fact that they make a little extra money on the side, otherwise, if you're doing it for, for free, it's, you know, you're doing a hobby, right? Um, so they're doable pieces of, of your work or your expertise that you are doing, right? Um, so whatever your experience is, is in so for instance, my mom worked nine to five doing accounting work, and then mm. um, on the side she used to do cake decorating and make cakes for people's birthdays and quinces and stuff like that, and that was her side hustle. So what? getting what
0: accounting work was your mom doing?
1: So she did billing for um, durable medical equipment company.
0: Wow, fascinating.
1: <laughs> and that clearly wasn't enough, so she had a side hustle, and my father had. He was a full-time teacher and his side hustle was working US Customs graveyard shift. Wow. So there was a whole bunch of side hustles happening at the house, which again, you know, these are things that we've known about. We just didn't have this like catchy phrase. We just knew it as, sure. you know, there was an extra job that that you needed to especially around the start of school year make a little bit of extra money for the kids clothes for school, all Holidays, of that.
0: Holidays picking up those Holidays, shifts when exactly. the people were well, when layaway was a thing and people were working at the layaway <laughs> counter at Kmart oh, because, you know, everybody had to put their stuff on layaway so at the wall. You're
1: making money at the side hustle. It's doable outside of your full-time job. So it's like a flexible type schedule kind of job. You, It's something that you have experience or expertise in, which makes a lot of sense because back in the day, we had to do more than nine to five. Like we couldn't always go to a me- mechanic. We had to fix it ourselves. We didn't always have the ability to have uh someone do our lawn and landscaping we did it ourselves so we've we've always had these kinds of extra experiences or expertise that we had on the side now you're trying to monetize it right and then, you know, is this fun or is it a necessity? Like, are you doing this again to launch something that you're really passionate about? Or mm-hmm. are you doing this because you, you need the extra, the extra cash? And then, you know, at the end of the day is like, should this be your main job? Like, are you making enough at the side hustle that it could actually turn into a full-time gig? But looking at the side hustle and looking at our community, again, This is something that we have known. We just didn't call it a side hustle. We just called it making ends meet, Mm
0: -hmm. being
1: able to afford the quinceanera. (laughs) Like you said, doing uh, extra stuff so that you can have um, gifts under the Christmas tree.
0: Or go on a vacation or whatever extra that Mm -hmm. your main job wasn't going to cover. Right, exactly.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's the side hustle that... You know, in looking at all of the different pieces of it, that's that's what we call it now. What we have lived with for what for for since forever, and I think it's ironic because our communities. You know, you see that um, you see the the. Mm, at least in Mexican-American communities, you see the little Mexican guy with a sombrero taking a snooze, and there's this, like, stereotype mm. of Mexicanos or other Latina people being lazy. And that's just not the case. Like, how many times can we say, like, someone sold, you know, Tupperware on the side to make that couple extra bucks?
0: Tupperware. So you're bringing up the old-school mm. side hustle. There was the Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. Like, I think everybody knew or at least had had a rumor of the lady driving the pink Cadillac Mm -hmm. that sold so much Mary Kay that Mary Kay paid for her pink Cadillac Mm right right that was like a thing oh yeah there was one in town I remember growing up there was one lady and I don't remember her name but there was one lady that had a pink Cadillac that was like damn that lady sold a lot of blush
1: but that's the shady (laughs) side kind of there's like the Mary Kay, because there's this thing that you're supposed to reach for, right? That's like, when when we talked about, hey, let's do a conversation about side hustle, that's what you were thinking of. Oh, and yeah. I was
0: like, oh shit, yeah, you're right, well, that and part. Th- and this is because my little sister, who I talk about often on this pod, is obsessed with all of the documentaries that expose the multi-level marketing scams oh, that God. are the side hustles, including uh, things <laughs> like... Herbalife, Mm -hmm. Monet, um, Beachbody, Amway, It Works, there's all, LuLaRoe is probably the documentary on a multi-level marketing scheme that I started watching that I couldn't even finish because it was a little bit awful. Um, These sort of Desperate Housewives-ish stereotype moms, right? who are just kind of home they don't have their their husband's the breadwinner and they want to just do a little something for fun on the side and pick up this job and they're selling leggings and they're ultra soft leggings and they really are because I had some because you know it was little rose all over the place it was like an infection Um, and these people got scammed into spending sometimes tens of thousands of dollars, people who didn't have it, people who did not have this kind of money, but were so convinced that if they just gave a little more, if they just invested in themselves, like all of these catchphrases and all of these really manipulative ways that they had to make people think that if they just sacrificed a tiny bit, and these are people who are used to sacrificing all the time their mm-hmm. moms they're working two jobs sure. already they have all of this going on so they're like oh yeah sacrifice is part of my natural state of being of course i'm gonna do it in order to get ahead and then they just got screwed screwed out of money out of time out of time with their families out of dignity in many cases and some of these companies just went under in a really terrible awful way Um, and and these folks were just left with kind of nothing. Just boxes of extra shit that they couldn't sell. Well, you're right. It wasn't (laughs) nothing. It was boxes of extra shit that they could not possibly sell for the prices that they were trying to sell them at once the hype was over, right? Mm Because these things weren't really worth what you were trying to sell them at, but this social media craze and this, environment of hype made it seem like oh this is what I need right now this is the it thing but once the it thing wasn't it anymore uh, these people were kind of left to deal with the consequences so um that's kind of where my brain went when you brought it up was absolutely being like oh my god my sister's obsessed with all these shows about the mlms and I do want to bring up also that somehow I was, so you all know I was teaching for a really long time. I was really happy being a teacher for for a long time. I loved it. It was something that brought me a ton of joy and it was very rewarding and then it wasn't. And it was shitty and I had a really, I had a lack of support. I had some really violent students and I just knew that there had to be something on the other side of that. There has to be a better answer than what we were offering for these kiddos and their families, right? So went to graduate school. Um, I thought I was broke as a teacher, and then I became a graduate assistant. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I realized what. Like, as an adult, right? I wasn't 18, fresh out of high school being a GA. I was in my 30s. With a kid. With two kids. Trying to figure out what the F. Um, So got a good friend of mine um, was part of an MLM it's called one hope they sell wine they're out of napa she was like yeah i you should come sell wine underneath me we both love wine it's easy to sell it's not like tupperware you know it's great people get to taste it tasted. it's a fun thing they give back to all these charities it's really awesome i was like oh my god this sounds amazing this sounds right up my alley how long have you been doing this she's like two weeks you should totally come join me. <laughs> to which i did and honestly uh it 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 did work for me in the area where we live it was very new people had not heard of this i think a ton of my friends already would just drink wine and so it did sort of sell itself and then i was like it's like tupperware but wine people were like hell yeah let's do it uh it was pre-covid so we were having tasting parties doing all the things and then it gives back to charity so these different charitable organizations in our own city were Mm -hmm. getting checks based on people buying wine that they probably would have bought anyways. So for me, it felt great. I also, I really, we were able to pay for our insurance throughout my two years of graduate school because I was selling wine wine on the side. So for me, that particular thing worked out. And I, I do think there are success stories. I also, I follow several people who sell, um... You know, I what is the lip, like, the lip gloss that's, like, it doesn't come off, even if you, like, get hit with a car in the 4. street. I don't know, whatever. No like, idea. the lipstick doesn't come off. Um, it's called
1: rust I believe. That. Keep going. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but they sell, you know, and, and are very successful and are, like, going to the Bahamas, paid for by the company and doing all the things. So, um, and then there are some that weren't so, weren't so
1: uh, on the up and up okay so I I will say this like there are I'm looking at it in my equation mind of like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: one hope is like a passive people are buying it anyway they're not going out of their way they're doing something and it benefits like the community that you're in you don't have the investment of your time isn't as much as let's say Lularo, because you're not having to buy the wine up front and then shuck Mm -hmm. it at the end exactly you just Mm -hmm. have to point people in the direction Mm -hmm. of a website and, and 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 that's easy
0: Lip sense.
1: Lip sense. And then, then there's some things where you do have to do that up front. Work. Melaleuca is one of them. Ooh, melaleuca. Um, uh, the, the natural shaky, shaky one is one of them where you have to invest in Herbalife. some of the products so that you can give people tastes and all of that stuff before mm-hmm. they can get sold on the thing. And so the ones where you don't have to do as much investment up front seem just a little bit much more... No, I don't want to say honest because obviously I don't want to get sued. But um, the if the investment is, is a small amount, like to me that feels like a better use of time than if mm-hmm. it was let me throw down $1,000 worth of right. things that I have to then go back and sell to get my money back. This, that, and right. the next. Now the, the flip side to that is though, if you are starting your own business, you do have an investment up front of if you're gonna do lawn care on the side or mm-hmm. what have you, you have to get all of the equipment the blower, the lawn mower, the rakes, you need the the truck with the extra, you know you know, haul to haul away all the garbage and stuff like that. So all of that is an investment in doing either a full time or you know a side hustler, would what have you so there is a you could possibly parlay that into a full-time job and then and doing a side hustle of other sorts but there is kind of the investment except that with one you're your own boss mm-hmm. and you're not seeing money upflow to anybody but maybe home depot or lowe's where you're investing in the equipment
0: or your day job where i know several folks uh i love my gente that have a, a day job but also from that day job create a side hustle from extra parts or things that were gonna be recycled or trash and then they go back and sort of, you know, are like, hey man, I'll just come back later and do it on the side kind of thing. Because we're forced to do that, cat. We are forced yeah. as a community who is making minimum wage or not being paid enough to support an actual family, especially when we start looking at times like this where groceries, gas, air everything right. is ridiculously expensive, people have to resort to other means. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of the,
1: I mean, while the side hustle says a lot about our communities in general, like across the board, having, to, you know, having that motivation, wanting to do what's best for your family, moving from one strata to another, mm-hmm. buying a better house, like all of those things that you do a side hustle for. But at the end of the day, the question is like why do we even need to have a side hustle? Like why can't we just make a living wage off of one job? Why? Why? Why can't we be able to pay for our insurance like you did through grad, grad through your grad school years? Why can't we afford to buy a house? Why does it take five people to be on the paperwork to purchase that house? Why does why does it cost an arm and a leg, not specifically for gas, but the maintenance of your vehicle to have more than one vehicle? Like, that's the bigger question, and it's been it, this is not something that's new.
0: And we've clearly. talked about this before. Latina equal pay is in October, which means Latinas do not make the equivalent of a white man until October of the following year. So almost 24 months. Correct. After the average white man in a typical comparative job to a Latina, we will not catch up for almost 24 months.
1: And that's not, I mean, we I, I'm not sure if that if that includes, like, doing a side hustle. But
0: oh, I'm sure it doesn't. I'm sure it doesn't. Which is why we have to do the side hustle. Because you're going to work another two years before you even come close to making what someone else is just making during their 9 to 5. And, and the interesting
1: thing that I found about side hustle is I was, you know, because... I know about side hustle. I've had to have more than one job before, Mm -hmm. even in college, having to to juggle several jobs to get some stuff done. But for this next gen, there are videos upon videos of side hustles that you can yes. do that are being sold to youngsters mm-hmm. to make extra money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and in doing some of the just you know browsery type of mm. research that I did,
0: browsery, <laughs> browsery,
1: mm-hmm. browsing through some of those YouTube videos, that there's this one YouTube creator who who has tried some of the side hustles, and they're shit. They don't actually give you the $300 a day
0: right, to check ads
1: or $1,000 a day to flip Bitcoin or right. you know, all of these side hustles that people make videos on, like mm-hmm. be a millionaire, have nine streams of income. They don't actually get you any further. You have a lot of investment in different ways up front, whether it's time, whether it's gas money, gas money this, that, or the next. That's a lot of investment. And it's being sold. It's refurbished. It's repackaged. And it's being resold to next generations as this, like, you should aim for having a side hustle and having 50 billion streams of income Mm. just so you can make rent and have a little bit of a vacation to have self-care.
0: I grow, you know, that's interesting. Growing up, I don't remember outside of, like, music icons like Madonna oh I'm gonna be a singer and I'm gonna be rich like Madonna she was one out of how many hundreds of thousands maybe millions of people who were trying to sing at that time that got this contract that caught this lucky break that maybe had some talent that made it whatever now it feels like our son is constantly talking about oh this TikTok star he gets paid five thousand dollars a video every time he posts something we're like so kids think that this is the legit pathway to a forever retirement at the age of 26 because they're going to make some TikToks.
1: TikToks, um, doing videos on playing video games, whatever Mm -hmm. content creator, like uh, doing your makeup, whatever these pieces are. ASMR. And, and while I'm like, oh my God, feed your creative self. Yes. Do the things. I'm also like, how long does that, you have to constantly recreate yourself, bring something new to the table, just like this. And, you know, (laughs) all of those things just so that you can continue to have that funding stream. Otherwise, that's not going to last. That's not a forever career. I
0: mean, I am willing to make the sacrifice and become a millionaire off of this podcast so that we can just (laughs) see how that works. Yes, Yes. Uh, And then we'll let everybody know. But no, but I think there are, it feels so much more attainable now because there are content creators and social media and all of these people who are seemingly, real or not, making an entire lifestyle based on something cool, something fun that they want to do every day, right? There are fashion bloggers, there are food bloggers, there are, like, these fun, interesting things that do not equate to the stereotypical 9 to 5 where Mm -hmm. you're sitting behind Mm -hmm. a desk that feel like, oh, I can just do that and everything will just be fine.
1: right? But there's still all this whole need of people who f- fulfill necessary pieces of our social structure. Oh, thousand percent. That need to be done. And then who does that? So then, you know, also the, the piece about content creators is you also have to have things that a lot of people don't have, like steady interwebs, yeah. technology to do those pieces. Um, microphones, laptops, a, f- a cell phone—all of those things have to be working. They're not on, te- you know, they're not on the pay-per-monthly charge, where if you can't make that payment, you're you're automatically cut off of service. All of those things, so it automatically sifts a certain percentage of people outside of being able to even be that just because of where they live their zip code dominates whether or not they can be a content creator
0: for sure and I would still say that dominant culture prevails what mm. we perceive to be the dominant beauty standard is going to get more attention more likes more reviews more all of it I do love that there is a, a stream for content creators that we may not have seen in regular media. That's not going to be on the front page of Vogue magazine all the time. That's not going to be in the front page of our newspapers and all of that. We get to see this little niche of what, you can look up whatever you want and find it, right? You can look up Latina, you can look up Latina, you can look up gender nonconforming. you can look up different fashion styles, goth, whatever you want and find something. So that I do love about it. I just also feel like there's a little bit of a, all the things that you're saying are cost something, right? Mm -hmm. The internet, the things, all of it. But what we don't often think about is the cost of your vulnerability, the cost of your integrity and having to put yourself out there, whatever version it is that day and whether or not that is authentic to who you go to bed at night as and what that does to a person. And then, let's be real there are some ugly people out there who regardless of how beautiful wonderful amazing thousand billion likes you got that day the negative comments are going to come in too and they're gonna be brutal sometimes they are going to be you you can have the best self-confidence you can come in with the best sense of who you are as a human being and be ripped to shreds because at the end of the day, we're still human. These are human beings. And behind a keyboard, it's really easy to break someone down um, or try to break them down from this place of anonymity that it's hard for some folks to come back from.
1: Absolutely. And in some of the content creators on TikTok, look up womb lens. Mm -hmm. um, That just blew the fuck up and people have stopped being the creators. And if this was their side hustle or their main hustle, they have backed away from being a content creator for things that have blown up. And it it's just so volatile. It's Absolutely. volatile because one minute you can be, mm-hmm. have a, incredibly successful, have a million followers, have a, a stream of money coming in from those base of followers for the content that you're putting out. And the moment that you're vulnerable or the moment that, even if it's for some folks it's um, a mistake that you should have known better, and it's sure. it's rooted in racism. And for some folks, it's well, you know, shit. Something came from my life where I was not as smart or as wise. So, sure. if something from my past before when I was not as wise as I am now comes out and I might have to back away from mm-hmm. the podcast because of you know something stupid and inane yeah. that I may have said, then that cuts off their whole creator piece and their side hustle or whatever.
0: God forbid someone judge me for one of my worst days yeah. alone. Like, God forbid, for real, because I've had some bad days where I have not been my best self. I have not been me at all, at all, because of whatever which, you know, my tagline, you don't know my life. You don't know someone else's life. You don't know the, what they're walking in in that moment when you come across their page, their feed, their angry face in the grocery store, whatever. You don't know what people are going through and social media has made it to where we think we need to know everybody's business at all times and that it is our business to comment, to say something, to have an opinion. Sometimes the best thing you can do is shut the fuck up. Like the Supreme Court. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you put that in a memo and send that up? Please Sometimes. and thank you.
0: Ooh, it's so much cat. The beautiful thing about this is this is also the side hustle has become a way for people to share expertise that may have previously gone ignored. So, folks are able to share their old recipes from their grandmother that now they're putting on a TikTok, that now they're putting on Pinterest, they're putting on Instagram. People are able to share their food blogs that come from years of family recipes that we would have never known, you know, 30, 40 years ago or whatever. People are able to do... Um, fashion blogs, travel blogs, whatever interests you, there's probably some weird ass person out there who also has the same interest who, you know, like this podcast, you can have five followers that are like, (laughs) hell yeah, I'm a pocha too. And I totally relate to this. Uh, And people can feel like a sense of belonging outside of maybe a physical, actual human being relationship that they have, which during COVID and during these weird ass times has become even more important. Um, And we can we can find these connections with people. And people can also share whatever they're creating, whether it be for pets, like Bocha Pets that we came across mm-hmm. out of Chicago. Like um, you, There are some Latina women who I follow on social media that I am obsessed with that are accounting geniuses. They invest. They know what to do with their mm-hmm. money. They have made tons of money and have secured a retirement in their 30s because not because somebody taught them about finances and accounting, but because they went out and found the information because suddenly it's available or they happen to be like a lower end employee at an accounting firm and paid the fuck attention because they were like, nobody's going to teach me this shit, but I'm going to find out. I'm going to find it. I'm going to ask the right questions. So those types of things also make me feel hopeful that this is, the side hustle is something that if you, Can harness it if you can get the right audience, if you can get the right niche and something that makes you feel good, even if the riches might not be in the resources or the bank account, that you will feel fulfilled and you will feel like you have a community of belonging that will make your soul and your heart rich and happy. Because at the end of the day, that's all we get.
1: Okay, so I have a question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, God. So what experience or talent, not, not, uh, uh, not the uh, uh, One Hope Wine, but what experience or talent do you have that you can do a side hustle at? Two things. Okay, go.
0: I'm already ready with this. Oh. I obviously think about leaving my day job all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed. This is on go. the tip
0: of my tongue. Um, one, coaching. I mm, love mm-hmm, coaching. Mm-hmm i have this is your way of saying you love telling people what to do but keep going (laughs) i get to be bossy i love well and coaching is very different from therapy or and and the the school of coaching that i went through was very much geared towards people of color and the premise of it can be summarized in that we are our own medicine you have what you need to be whole you just need to learn to tap back into that voice because the dominant culture and everything around you is telling you something different and if you could just tap back into that ancestral knowledge to that root knowledge to that core knowledge you are the medicine that just motivates me to no end i love having people have these breakthroughs and i grew up i always wanted to be a counselor i really think that Counseling would have been the thing I would have been good at and that would have given me that inner reward Because of my history and my trauma I cannot separate my own trauma from people's trauma mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's not a thing I can do anymore but coaching is very different Coaching feels very very different for me so I love coaching um, And the other thing is writing I think if I could just write in a very nonchalant, like non-hustly, I have to get this article out, I have to get this next piece out, I have to have this novel to my editor in the next three days, like if there wasn't that pressure and I could just write, uh, I think it would be really just... Inspire a ton of joy in me because it's something I like to do and it's something that I feel good at which I don't There's not a lot of things. Um, you know, you and I always talk about like this This curse of humility that we have to a fault But that is something that I actually feel like, you know, I'm good at this It's something I can do if I could do it in a way that a made enough money to where I didn't have to feel Mm -hmm. guilty or pressured to do it Would be fantastic Mm. What would you do?
1: Okay, so the writing piece, yes. Except my mm-hmm. writing, that my style of writing is more essay. Mm-hmm. It's, do you fucking have ghosts in here? I'm going
0: to tell you what it is. Do you know what it is? What? It's because it's so hot outside. Uh, There's a ton of metal in here, and we turned up the air conditioner.
1: So now it's um, expanding, contracting. Okay. Yeah, that's what's happening to the metal. Yeah. It's ghosts. Whatever.
0: And also, it's ghosts. <laughs> Um, and there might be rats. I mean, whatever.
1: No, I'm out. If okay. it's rats, I'm out. You yeah. know that. Well. Um, so yes to the writing. My style, though, is uh, is essay, mm-hmm. which, um, you oh. know, not everybody does essay. They like a lot more of the novel type. So um, mm. essay is for a very particular audience. There are some essay writers that I'm like, "Oh my god, yes." Like mm. David Sedaris oh, is one of the ones that I read dude. that I'm like, "Oh my god, Heart I c- David Sedaris. This guy has stories. I've got stories. I've got some random ass David Sedaris. weird shit that I've gotten myself into stories that I think that would lend to that type of writing.
0: The next time David Sedaris comes to anywhere near us, can we go?
1: Absolutely. I hear he's going to El Paso.
0: The last two times he came to El Paso was on my daughter's birthday and so I couldn't go. But can we make a commitment to this
1: my partner said yes absolutely okay. let's make a commitment to that my partner the executive tears. director says that i should write for rolling stone i absolutely <gasps> oh. love music yes you I do i love and you're so knowledgeable sitting in the beats if i could write about that that would be awesome but mm. the other thing that i really would love to do if i won the lottery and i could just yeah. stop not have to mm-hmm. work work or just make this it would be a cross between the humans of new york mm. and this american love. life and just do <gasps> interviews with everyday people from the borderlands because everybody's got a story that is really fascinating and i don't i don't give myself a lot of like props that often but i think one of the things that i do well is bring out stories that people have because i'm so, <laughs> i'm so inquisitive <laughs> and i ask a lot of questions as you know from our trips in lifts or ubers do i will ask a million questions get
0: in a ride share with cat <laughs> unless you want to know the driver's entire life story but i love that if i could make a living off of that cat will get anyone to tell their story absolutely it's true absolutely i it's would your love gift. to do and that and it's a gift i i give you shit about it constantly but it is a gift it really is. The way that people will open up to you because because of the way you ask questions. And it's not... I try not to be invasive. Yes. But
1: I am. I come to it with a super Dang. huge curiosity.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So next up, we have to record my abuelita. And we need to go to her house. Yes, and please. And do the whole... Because uh, she's so wise. And she's got so many stories that she has not had the opportunity to share with people because... She was very stigmatized for her upg- upbringing and for her ancestry, which is so sad to me. But now that she can share it and is getting a little bit of positive feedback around it, I think she would be willing to share.
1: Yes. Let's... What are you doing Sunday? Okay. Done. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> so the side hustle. Okay, so last question for you. Oh. Do you okay. want this to be a side hustle? Like, would you would you want this to be I keep I keep saying it like every time we we get together I'm like this is going to be the year it's going to blow up but would you <laughs> would you leave your job and do this like oh, full time yes. once Amen. you know have a okay tomorrow tomorrow get like do this once or twice a week and just monetize tomorrow. this and pay for all your and the reason the bills being
0: we would have the actual time to invest in talking about the things that our pocha community finds important to them there is an entire group of people out there that relates to the pocha experience that i don't know we reach all the time and if we had the time to invest because we weren't trying to hustle at our day jobs to <laughs> you know, the world pay bills and all the other shit we do um i don't know i think it could be really meaningful for a lot of people outside of us and our five listeners <laughs> I think we've gotten it to six. I'm just oh, going to put that out there. I think we might there. be six.
1: <laughs> well, um, just as a side note, because I'm going to add, my next question for you is going to be, and where can people reach us at? But um, before you answer that, um, on the side, someone was like, I
0: can't believe someone gave you a one star and one didn't star. even say anything. Nada. Dijeron oh. nada del one star. At least give us the feedback. Right. For us. right. And you know what? I know we always joke about our five listeners, and I will say, We have a deep listener base that are very dedicated and loyal because that's what Latina people do. Um, And they DM us all the time and they reach out on the side and I know they're listening and we love you and we thank you and we appreciate you and that's why we keep doing this. And some of
1: them come out of their way to go through Las Cruces on their vacay. So dang. Yeah. Ooh, to all five of you, we say thank you. Wait, to all six of you, we say thank <laughs> you.
0: We're going to add one every month. Yes, but you can find us always on Instagram, um, sometimes on Facebook, sometimes on Twitter. Always you can email us at butcherpodcast at gmail.com. We are now for the next I don't know, 60 days or so, Nopamigas. Ooh, yes, I have been using that um, sugar scrub, and I love, love it. Love the sugar scrub, oh especially mouth. in the summer on the armpits. Get a nice, good exfoliation before you shave yourself. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Check out Nopalera. If you go to their website, you can type in pocha Pod 15 and get 15% off for the next two months or so. Um, they are a brand that we are so proud of. Just this last week, mm-hmm. the founder of Nopalera, after the Supreme Court decision, came on live on Instagram and and talked about her own abortion as a young person, and I had to message and say, I did not think we could be more proud to be part of this brand, and you just blew us away. Because Absolutely. to be vulnerable in a such a heightened moment like that and share with the audience that she knows she has at this point was just a big deal. So I'm so proud to be part of that brand for for the moment. You all should be proud of that brand as well because they're out there representing Latino culture, Latine culture. And also you can get a family discount 50% off. So BochaPod 15 um, when you check out and you'll get 15% off. So two things, one is yay to 15% because
1: who does not fucking love to save money, right? And the second thing is Just reading her story. I mean, yes, you sent me that video and I was like blown the fuck away because the more we find out about people, again, people have stories that they can tell. But this started out as a side hustle during COVID. So we've come full circle because someone who has now like built an empire Mm -hmm. to keep us not stinky and clean, right, has started just from a side hustle. So amen to Nopalera if you haven't tried it please give it a go i cannot speak highly enough about I that know. scrub
0: she went from her kitchen to nordstrom mm-hmm. straight up from during co- the pandemic
1: from cocina to nordstrom that's what happens when you that's got the our hustle. story
0: that's the hustle story right there
1: and her, and the most beautiful part about this is that in nordstrom the nopalera is there but it's nopalera Yep. The packaging yep. is definitely, like, indi- like indigenous-inspired, yep. like, Latine-inspired. It's not an assimilated package. It's nope. not an assimilated name. The bar of soap itself is not assimilated. Yes. It is puro gente.
0: Love it. Love it. Whew.
1: All right. So go get your discount. Go get your Nopalera soap. And yes. um, go, please, t- tell people about this so that we can make this side hustle a daily hustle, and we can come to you more often than just twice a month. Please do. And also give us a rating, because we need ratings.
0: And if you give us a one star, A, we're coming for you. B, you better leave a reason. Te voy a chingar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whew. All
1: right. So this has been the Weedy Weedy for June of 2022.
0: It's still Pride Month, Kat. Happy Pride.
1: Oh, still gay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. Wow. Well.
1: I'm the gay cat.
0: I'm the gay (laughs) bae.
1: Have a great rest of your pride month.
0: Bye.